This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, welcome to another episode of the 15 Minutes of Football podcast in association with Big Heads Media and Transfer News Central. Every topic in roughly 15 minutes. Uh, This week's going to be quite different because the first three topics do sort of coalesce in that they are related to team of the season contenders picks and selections. My voice has dramatically changed. I'm not impersonating anyone deliberately. I've had orthodontic work done. So Jordan should have probably introduced it, but it was too much of a hassle for him to do so. So he didn't. It's also much funnier for me to sit and watch you do it. The first three uh, 15-minute segments related to different parts of our Premier League team of the season. It is a little bit early and there probably will be changes come the end of the season, but it's also a good opportune time to get one out at least. And it does come out, it must be said, it does come out around this time because when all the votes do go in and when everyone's calculated, it's never when it should be at the end, I agree, but it never is. It should, yeah. Uh, and then we'll finish with the look at European results, uh, particularly in the exciting uh, title races across Europe. Got that down to two now, one in France and one in, in Spain. And then we'll have a bit quick mm-hmm. quick look at that as well with the Champions League and the Europa League results as, as they are. Uh, you might listen to this after they're, they're, the results have been completed. So it'll just be our general thoughts on the competition. Okay, so on to the first bit, which is... Uh, Team of the season, Premier League, goalkeepers and defenders. So a bunch of these together because it made the most sense to bunch these together. Yep. Even though technically this is five players and it's a 4-3-3, uh, it still made the most sense to bunch <laughs> them together because you can't really do... Yeah, so we should point yeah. out to, to any listeners that we are doing a 4-3-3. Mm. We've gone away and we've selected our own teams. We've not we've not shown each other, each other our teams yet. Yeah. So this will be news to one another, won't it? Yeah. Although I do have a feeling that we will both have the same goalkeeper. <laughs> Well, you think that actually? I'm, uh, I'm not so sure. Um, because I'm not so sure on this as well. Well, we've got, we have to pick two, and the reason why we've picked two, um, and this is still part of the first topic, but it doesn't matter. We'll seamlessly go through this, so don't worry. Uh, but just to put some house rules in order, we've picked a backup per option because, again, I think when you pick this, there's often fifty-fifty calls or someone who did really well, but they weren't quite as good as the first pick, and it's nice to um try and illustrate that. There's been several people that have done well, and we're yeah. picking two just for that sake. Um, for example, a striker, I don't think, and I'm not spoiling it, but I think we've probably both got Harry Kane, but there might be a second striker there. And Harry Kane, for me, and probably for Jordan, has been the best striker by country mile in the league this season. But yeah. there's been some other good well, players I mean, too. He'll probably be my player of the season, but yeah, anyway, sure. we'll, we'll yeah. discuss that later. And, and, and the reason I went 4 3 3, and probably you as well, for me, there has been. It felt the most appropriate formation because with the wide positions, you could either have a creative player on that side or a goal-scoring player on that side from midfield. It felt appropriate. Um, and a 4-4-2 sometimes works, but for me, there hasn't been enough top forwards this season to go 4-4-2 in. Yeah, Although, I can get behind that. But you could probably put mine into Although, a 4-1-2-1-2 diamond, actually. Uh, anyway, anyway 4-3-3. Goalkeepers, 4-3-3. So that's just the house rules as part of the first one. That took up about two or three minutes, but that's fine. Goalkeepers. Now, for me, my two are... Yeah, I mean, well, my two are Edison and uh, Martinez. Um, right. So I have the same two, you know. Yeah, and just as a, a shout-out to other keepers that have done well. In fact, I actually think every season, 
there's a lot of goalkeepers. We have a good standard of goalkeeper in the Premier League, so much so that you look at many teams mm-hmm. and think they don't need to upgrade their keeper. He's pretty good. And I took, I mean, Newcastle, for example, I think I have two excellent goalkeepers in Darlow and yeah. in Dubravka. Nick Pope, good season again. Um, you know, um, ooh, uh, Mendy, excellent season for Chelsea. Probably my third. Mm-hmm. It's Michael. Yeah, very good. He, he was he was the one I, I was debating between him and Edison for the second choice. I, I mean, for me, I think Mar- Emmy Martinez has been by far and away the best keeper in the mm. league this season. Well, it's really interesting because I always think there's there's, there's um, excuse me, <laughs> I always think there's a debate with with the best keeper. Is it the keeper that's made the most saves? Is it the keeper who's kept the most clean yeah. sheets and made less saves? All every season, and that'll be between the guy who gets the Golden Glove. And then the guy who's performed week in, week out, made a lot of saves. And that's what you're down to here. Last season, I think it was I think it was either Alisson or Edison. I think but Alisson got injured and a little Pope, bit. Pope and it was Pope, well, yeah. So I, I went with I would have gone with Pope and a lot did because Alisson had injury problems as well that season, I think, and missed quite a few yeah. games. So uh, on balance then Pope won it. But had Alisson not had injury problems, he would have probably got the golden glove and probably got into the team of the season. This is why I think it's mm-hmm. not as cutthroat, cut easy as you think, because Edison, for me, will probably get the Golden Glove. And he's so instrumental to what Manchester City do. And the difference with Martinez is it's the small club thing. Now, Martinez has been fantastic, revelation, saved so many expected goals. Uh, and his distribution is also very good. And he's a leader. He's a massive upgrade on what they had last season, especially with Reina. Yeah. But Villa playing a deep block, they welcome a lot of shots on goal means you have to be a very good goalkeeper to be in that position. But at the same time, it means that your job is made a little bit more easier because of the, the, the shot angles that you face, and the type of shots that you face throughout the game, which is why I might shock you here and go with Edison, because I think Edison uh-huh. is fundamental to what City do. And, and what I would say here, I'm going to reference the England game. When John Stones made a bad mistake in the England game, it was because he didn't have confidence in Nick Pope behind him. That's Edison. He's not thinking twice. He's giving it him. He's giving him. He's just passing it back without a second thought because he knows his, his keeper's making himself an angle and he's not going to lose the ball. In fact, he's probably going to start an attack with a lovely mid-range pass up, up to um, a fullback or, or a midfielder. Very, very top goalkeeper. Allison's had the better of him, I think, for the past two seasons. And I think Edison's now come in and taken the mantle a bit. So I, I'm going to go with Edison for my for my number one position. Yeah, I mean I, that is it's a very fair argument, and I think the fact that we've both come to the to those two as our, our final choices says a lot. Uh, I I just think Martinez has, has maybe won more points for Villa than Edison's won for City. Uh, that's the way I see it, and I think that. You just watch Villa play, and he's just always exceptional. He makes so many good saves. There has been a couple of mistakes. But been, yeah. This season, I just think he's been by far and away the best keeper. It's difficult because you don't mention you mentioned the expected goals as well. Mm. In that regard, he's miles ahead. He's, he is. He's but so was Nick Pope last season. Nick Pope was yeah. last season, and, and you're having the same it, argument. It's, aren't it's you? a similar example, isn't it? Yeah. It is a very similar example. Mm. Uh, and right. Nick Pope similar in the sense as well that. The Burnley defence favours him similarly to how the Aston Villa defence favours uh, Emi Martinez. And this was incredibly so, tough, I think, because it for me it was a toss of a coin. And I thought the mainstream answer would be Martinez. I thought your answer would be Martinez. And that kind of persuaded me to go the other way just for balance. But, <laughs> no, but, but I did genuinely think this. And I think he's so underrated. 
if you swapped Edison out of Man City's team for almost any other goalkeeper, they yeah. wouldn't be as good. It's, and I mean that in, in a lot of ways, especially going forward. I think his up. ability on the ball in particular is second to none. He's fantastic in that regard. And that that's an element that a lot of people forget about when mm. assessing a goalkeeper. And he has made some big saves Martin. as well this year, like in, in certain games. It's not he like has, Mar- yeah. Martinez as such, where it's been almost, you know, making several saves a game to keep warm, so to speak. It's been like the one or two shots that he's had to face in certain games where he has made himself big, where he has stood up. I remember he made a mistake, actually, in the Leeds game right at the start of the season where he, I think he made a mistake, a really bad error of judgment on a corner. But he was exceptional in that game. As soon as he made that uh, error, he made an unbelievable save. And I'm, I think it was Rodrigo, I'm, don't quote me on it, but it was a header and it was just after that mistake. And he, I think he tipped it onto the bar or made an outstretched save. And it was incredible. I mean, that's the kind of character that he is. He, that was one of the few mistakes he made this season. And he's back on it. And that can be really that's tough, especially good. when you don't have many shots to save in the game. Yeah. No, I, I think both very good. As I say, I just think Martinez. Okay. So, and it's an uh, easy, it's right an easy two. It's an easy two picks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Right back. Yeah. This is, this is hard. Right I back. Think. Go on. I'll let you go first. So my first choice, I've put Cancelo. Mm. And then my second choice. So my second choice is a bit of an odd one. I've gone with Stuart Dallas, even though I'm well aware that he's played left back. He has played right yeah. back. I've put him at right back. Because he's, he's, he's a defender on fantasy league, isn't he? So, um, you know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He practically plays as a winger. But uh... according to how Bielsa starts it, he is a fullback. So I've put him in. Because I think he had to squeeze in at some point. Uh, but yeah, I, I put Cancelo as my first choice because I think he's he, there, there was a point where he was just unplayable at times. Mm. And although it's kind of fallen off a little bit, I think maybe he's not quite got the rhythm that he had. I think that he's just been exceptional all season. I think the one thing, that, the one argument against him is that he hasn't played as many games as some other options where Stuart Dallas has played every single minute. Mm. Yeah, Cancelo for me. Easy. Um, how he's not got more assists than he has is ridiculous. Mm. Um, says a lot about a lack of clinical edge, actually, in City's attack, which is crazy to think. But yeah. his, 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 his distribution, he's, he almost did the Trent Alexander-Arnold, what we saw last season, where he's basically, you know, not thinking too much about his defending, but just an absolute wizard going forward. Um, almost a free yeah. role for him. Um, then it's a bit of a toss of a coin. I've gone for Sue Fowl. From West Ham, yep. um, yeah. he's come in relatively um, cheap signing. I think five million pound transfer fee. Um, not a lot was expected of him, but he's performed diligently in the back four as a wing back. Um, less glamorous than Aaron Cresswell on the other side in terms of his his contribution to goals, but he has been a very very astute signing. And I think the fullbacks for West Ham. Which, who have also played as wing-backs, Cresswell and, um, and Tufal, have been integral to how well they've done this season. So, yeah. spoiler for it, later on, maybe, but yeah, Tufal um, in as much. It, it reminds me a lot, actually, of, of Everton under Moyes in, in the fact that he relies so heavily on his full-backs just in, in the general play of West mm-hmm. Ham. I, I think, I mean, obviously everyone remembers Coleman and Baines who are yeah, a fantastic yeah. partnership right. together and it is kind of rolling back the years with Moyes. So, yeah, I can, I can understand that pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've kind of shoehorned Dallas into that, that position. Yeah. The one other name I think it is worth mentioning is mentioning is is James Justin. Yeah, who I think I had, had he not got injured, 
I think he would have been been well on his way. But obviously, that injury is kind of and Matty Cash <laughs> pushed him out. Matty Cash had a good season as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I think he's maybe not on the level of the, the others. I'd even argue Kyle Walker, given that he's played a majority of City's games. Yeah. has been. At, it's at kind of crazy back. to have two right backs on one team, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I can see the argument. <laughs> yeah, I've just just deviated away from that slightly. Anyway, centre backs. We'll do this as a a starting pair and, and a non-starting pair. Yeah. My starting pair, uh, this is interesting. Okay, I've gone Wesley Fafana and Ruben okay. Diaz with a backup okay. of... Um, no, in fact, I'll let you do your starters first. I don't want to just, you know... Okay, so my start is, similarly to you, I think Ruben Diaz has been the best centre-back by far in the in the Premier League. And then I've gone with John Stones as the as the, the second choice. Mm, fair enough. So so they're my two starters. I think they've both been exceptional. Uh, similarly to Cancelo, I think the one argument against particularly Stones is the the lack of play time. He's, I think he's only played twenty two matches, but he's been exceptional in all of them. Mm. I think he's had a great season. Yeah. I think centre back's been been quite a difficult position to choose, generally speaking, compared to all the positions for for my team at least. Yeah. Uh, you've you've mentioned Wesley Fofana. He's one of my uh, second choices. Uh, I don't know who your your back backup yep. two were. Yep. Nope. My backup two uh, stones. Uh, reason what you said. Naturally. The reason why I've not put him in my starting two is quite simple. I think Ruben Diaz has made the the dramatic impact in the defence that's massively benefited John Stones. And as good as Stones mm-hmm. has been, Ruben Diaz has been the MVP, so to speak, in that Manchester City defence. Yep. In the in the in the back two or back four. I think you could actually see in the recent game against Leeds the lack of defensive organisation, particularly at the end, in uh, Ruben Diaz's absence. Um, and now I've gone for Consa as well from, from Villa. Consa has been... Yeah, same. We he, have he's, the same four. <laughs> he's, been, he's been very good. And, you know, many people have called him up for an England position, uh, in, in, even though Tyrone Mings has got there, because Consa actually does a lot more of the... Uh, a lot more consistent, it would seem, uh, in that defence, Bailey Mings out at times actually for for certain yeah. areas in his game, right. but Mings obviously had to left foot and that benefits England more. But Consa phenomenally yeah. good. Again, the reason why he is right, in, I... in my sorry in my reserve to like Martinez is again, I am wary of this system with two defensive midfielders that can be quite rigid and tough to break down. It does sometimes maybe fool you a little bit into thinking certain players are slightly better than they are, but both them really really well. Yeah, well, as I say, we we picked the same four there. And, and for Fana, for Fana, for me, real done really, really well because when he came in for Leicester in the summer, Leicester had so many injuries in defensive areas, and this is a young guy, yeah. young, uh, young well, yeah, he? young Frenchman Nominal. coming into a new league, going straight in almost when he when he came into the phrase, played in the back three, he's played in the back four. And he's been so, so good. What's particularly good about him is how comfortable he is on the ball, how confident he is for his age. Uh, France have got a hell of a lot of talent, but this guy's another one on the, on the, on the, on the list of that um, talent. He's, um, you know, he's done so, so well. He's, he, I feel like Leicester have missed his um, presence in games when he hasn't played. He was injured fairly recently. I don't think the defence was quite as good. And they're in really good hands because, of course, Johnny Evans is getting older now. So Yunchu, yeah. even though he has been very good, he has tendencies to have lapses. I think they're in really he's good hands with Fafana. Yeah. Fafana, he's just made such an impact. And for all the reasons I've just said, it could have gone... It was it was like throwing him in the, the deep end in many ways. And he's absolutely yeah. ticked all the boxes. So that's and why the he's in The table doesn't lie to it. And 
and it's been an exceptional season for Leicester and he's a massive part of it. Sure. Uh, any other names that you, you had swirling around? I thought this was a really tough position yeah. to pick for because I don't think in many standouts. Difficult. Uh, the one other name for me was Ben Godfrey. And I, I, the reason I didn't go with him is because A, where Everton are in the league and B, because I think it's slightly biased. But I think watching Everton every week, he's mm. been absolutely exceptional. Yeah. Uh, He's got the highest uh, percentage of, of people drib- not dribbling past him. So the, he's one of the best stoppers in terms of 1v1 yep. uh, in the league, which is very good, to be fair. Uh, for a centre-back particularly, that's yeah. normally something that a full-back takes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he's the only other name that I can really think of that's had a, had a really great season. I'd argue Maguire's finishing the season strongly. I think he started quite slowly yeah. and got a bit of time to get going. But once he's got into his rhythm a bit now, I think he's been excellent for quite a while under the radar because everyone just likes to bully Harry Maguire. But he's actually yeah. quite a good centre-back. And he's certainly come into it a lot more, I think, in 2021. It was a bad start to the yeah. season, getting better now. And, you know, United have got a good one with him. Think, albeit, you know. I don't think that having constantly changing partners and uh, similarly constantly changing goalkeepers helped Maguire as well. Yeah, I think yeah. how, had he had a little bit more stability then, yeah, yeah I think he, he'd be up with a shout of it. Yeah, briefly just on left-backs because we're, we're running a bit short on this section. I'll go, uh, yep. I suppose we could go slightly over and, and just call this part two because technically there's only three midfielders. Yeah. Part two, left-backs and midfielders. So we're going with, I'm going with Shaw and Cresswell. Hinted at Cresswell before, double-figure assists. Uh, wonderful return yeah. this season. Uh, thrived in a wing back role. Excellent set piece delivery. Um, we actually saw this. I remember uh, Cresswell at Ipswich Town, where he was absolutely fantastic in the Championship. Um, and it didn't necessarily hit the ground running straight away at West Ham, but he's, he's certainly come into his element, uh, particularly this season. I think this has been his best season. Um, really solid defender. Really good going forward, but it's not just as a left wing back, it's also a left back and a left centre back, versatile. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he really, really performed well. And on any other given season, if Luke Shaw hadn't had the season of his life, he'd probably be in my main 11. But Luke Shaw, phenomenal rise given where he was. Um, you know, at the start of the season, Alex Tellez comes in, everyone thinks, you know what, he's gone now. Tellez, exciting left back, brought in. Expected to take uh, the reins at, in that position at, at United, but actually Shaw's used him as kind of a any a, a source of inspiration to battle to keep his spot in the team. He's done that. He's been fantastic. Yeah, tell us how they played, has he? Yeah. Hardly played, and that's yep. a testament to Luke Shaw. Um, so for me, I went the same too, but I put Cresswell over Shaw. I just think that those numbers, particularly the assist numbers, are, are one of the main driving forces for West Ham and where they are in the table. I think that his chance creating creation is just phenomenal. Mm. Uh, obviously, I, I kind of alluded to it before. We've, mm. we've seen Moyes before. Coleman and Baines. Create, Coleman and Baines. It's like he's he's got another another Baines. Maybe not quite as good going forwards, but he, he's a really good left back. Mm. No, that's fair. That's fair. And what, uh, in terms of the left backs, Matt Target's done well. Um, yeah. Phil Villa has been excellent, I think, over the course of this season. And, Another name similar to James Justin that without injuries, I think, would be him with a shout is Kieran Tierney. I think when, when he has been on the pitch, he's been very, very good. Arsenal, one of Arsenal's best players mm. this season, even yeah. though that's not saying too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think without injuries, he'd be he'd be in with a shout. Yeah, uh, Kieran Tierney, you know, I've, I will always say, other than Andy Robertson, for me, is the best left-back in the league. But like you say... Well, you'd it, be wrong. But... <laughs> it doesn't happen often. But like you say... Um, 
he has been plagued with injuries and he's injured now. And it's very unfortunate because what you have with Tierney is a leader, a warrior, and a technically outstanding player at left back. So, yeah, it's. Uh, it is a worry, isn't it, though, the, the injury problems? Because it I, is. I mean, I know he had injury problems in his last season at Celtic as well. It's, it's a concern, to say the least. But yeah. really, really good player when he does play. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. Sure. 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 Um, yeah. No. I actually part of me was thinking as well. Cancelo has played half of his games at left back and half of his games at right back. Yeah. He could also be there well, too. Same argument for Stuart Dallas as well. I think he's played at both sides. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I would look at Stuart Dallas and think, for me, uh, I think you fudged one there a bit because I think he's. You know, you look at both sides of the game and you could argue Cancelo is more going forward, but Stuart Dallas has literally been playing as a midfielder for the majority of the season, but we'll, we'll yeah. beg to differ. There were a lot uh, well, it. I'm going with, with his, his starting lineup, how it's supposed to line up, okay. not necessarily his, his average positioning. Yeah, fair enough. And also, <laughs> when, you, when team of the seasons do come out, uh, it's, all, it's actually fair game. I've seen some ridiculous ones where you think, how does that work? How does that set up on the field? How does yeah. that work? You know, yeah, so, absolutely. So it's not always Just lit strikers. Exactly. Yeah. Not this time though. Anyway, uh, four three three. So it should be a, a number six with two number eights. But again, mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I always think with a number eight. That's kind of a, a, a deep, slightly deeper number ten. Really, uh, your lone number six could be a number six in a double pivot. Could be a number number six in as a as a lone six. It, it, it's it's difficult to it really. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a midfield three that would work. Although I think mine would, to be honest. I yeah, I think. I think mine would as well. We'll start in the number six then. So is this a, is this a six and two eights? Yes, although he's an attacking six. I feel like a lispy bingo caller. Um, six and yeah. two eights, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I feel like the name of my guy might be difficult for you to pronounce as well. <laughs> Oh no! Can't be anything like Krakowiak, who used to play for PSG. That's a, that's a difficult one. Blasikovsky for Dortmund. Um, yeah, exactly. I all right. Go on. Then we'll let you go first. Um, going over this uh, so my, my kind of more defensive-minded player is Suchek, who I think the number of goals he scored, he's been absolutely phenomenal for West Ham. Then it was a little bit of a toss-up actually in the the more defensive role between him and Declan Rice. Yeah, I think have both had exceptional seasons mm. and funnily enough they're my first one Suchek's in my first choice and Declan Rice is in my second choice team alright uh, yeah I think just Suchek's goals have just been absolutely phenomenal I mean he's looked like a striker at times when he's been in front of goal mm. uh, yeah really good player yeah um, I would say that ooh yeah I mean I, 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 to be honest with you Suchek's a really good argument given the goals he scored from a deeper position I think you know you can, you can certainly make the case I haven't gone with Suchek. Quite harsh, actually. I probably would have done if I'd have had another position in another place. Because he has done phenomenally well on uh, and, and been an exceptional signing, making those late runs from deep. I've gone with Rice as my second choice because I think... So the, the same on that. Yeah, so I think the tempo that he's uh, given to... I mean, it's been, it's been more of a double pivot, hasn't it, at West Ham? He's been up and down like a yo-yo. Yeah. Uh, defensively excellent, offensively very good. Um, more of the person to keep the tempo going than the person to provide um, a finish at the end of a, of a, of a move like Suchek might have been. Uh, I think that Rice is slightly more important than Suchek in terms of the way West Ham set up. Um, as you can see now, um, 
that Lingard's in, you've seen less goals from Socek, so they played slightly differently now and still winning matches. You could argue they've won two matches without Declan Rice as well, so it's fair, fair argument both ways. But yeah, I'm nudging for Rice. I think this has been a big season for him. He's thrived alongside Socek. They've both done phenomenally well. But there's a reason why Rice will be linked with the big clubs this summer, and that's because he's a very, very you know talented performer. Yeah, in that although, I, I mean, I think Socek could easily play uh, one of the bigger boys as well. I think he's very much capable. I think Rice is more technically um, yeah, no, I can agree it, with that, yeah. to a point. Yeah. Uh, and that's no disrespect to Socek, but there are the different styles of play Rice could adapt to, the different styles of play maybe Socek, I'm not sure, could. He offers a different option for certain styles that like to play with the ball on the ground a lot more and don't like to go direct too much or play with crosses. But he'd be far more effective in a team that plays crosses and likes to use aerial advantage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Number one well, in that position. Yeah, I've gone with Rodri. Um, Rodri yeah. has been brilliant for City uh, this season. This has been his best. <laughs> I know. I'm not swearing. He's been brilliant for Man- the blue side of Manchester this season. He has been. He's very underrated because he doesn't get a lot of goals, doesn't get a lot of assists. And you look at Man City and that. and People just automatically assume everyone in the midfield should be getting X, Y, and Z in terms of in terms of goal contribution numbers. But he's very, very important to the way he's set up, particularly this season, where often City have dropped into an auxiliary back three, and uh, Rodri's dropped into that position and fielded it very well, using his physicality to his advantage. His height also helps, particularly um, to to cover ground. Not the quickest, but he reads the game really well. And it also is also very effective when it comes to build-up play. Um, very different, I think, to Fernandinho, because Fernandinho was a much smaller, diminutive figure who covered a lot of ground quickly. But he's, not, he's got a similar effectiveness, I think, in that lone six position where he can receive the ball with ease, play the ball up and keep the tempo going. And at the same time, he can be really effective on the defensive side uh, with his solid sense of positioning, his physicality and his... Um, and his height, very yeah. all very well used. I think, so I I think there was a season of ad- adaptation, wasn't yes. there, really, yeah. to getting used to how he was playing rather than Fernandinho. Yeah. I think this season they're reaping the rewards of last season. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he's been excellent. I just think he would probably be my third choice. I think Suchek and Rice for me. Just all right. Okay, uh, number my my number eight. Uh, we'll go with the main two first. This was very 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 difficult. I mm-hmm. must say, this is the hardest. Uh, it's arguably, I tried to squeeze two into three. This is tough. Um, but my main two were uh, Gundogan and Fernandez. Right. Um, which is Same quite <laughs> which is quite hard. Yeah. Um, so Gundogan has been the uh, clinical precision that Manchester City have needed on a lot of occasions this season. They've yeah. not played with a striker. They've played with a false nine. They've played with where they've expected the midfielders to go and contribute and score goals, um, which has meant that we, they need an efficiency in front of goal. I don't think Kevin De Bruyne has provided efficiency in front of goal enough. I don't think uh, other Bernardo Silva, not really, not for goal contribution numbers. Phil Foden, yes, but hasn't played as many games as, as Gundogan. No. But Gundogan, double-figure goal return. Which is excellent, you know, for a, for a player who's practically play anywhere was, in the midfield. Um, it was and, that period, wasn't it, over Christmas, the, the festive period where it was game after game where he was just really exceptional, so consistent, so many goals, and, and he really was. That was also the point where City really started to run away with the league. So I think yeah. that it, he's well well within his rights to be the first choice. Well, yeah, uh, it's master, master of the late run. 
so he would yeah. often occupy it's, positions it's where he, the Lampard, isn't it really yeah he, he would occupy positions where you didn't think he'd be and then also has the ability to finish it now Kevin De Bruyne was really hard because obviously he is I think the best player in the Premier League and at times for Manchester City he will show that but when he was playing as a false nine at times this season when he's getting into positions where he's scoring goals he's got five goals in the Premier League this season I think yeah he might have he might have he's, he's... Yeah, massively under four minutes expected goals as well. His yeah. finishing hasn't been to his usual standard, actually. Yeah, it's been really he's poor. He's normally a player that outperforms expected goals. It's been really poor. I, I actually think playing in the force nine position, maybe he's getting chances he wouldn't ordinarily get. You know, um, yeah. De Bruyne before would have been getting chances 25 yards from goal, where we know he's so composed, three kicks, he's very good. Almost when he was going through one goal, he didn't have the finesse or the composure that we expected him to have. Um, yeah. And you were watching him and he'd control games, he'd be brilliant, he'd be creating chances, his teammates had missed. And then when he got the chance to score himself, he just couldn't apply the finishing touch. However, it doesn't mean he hasn't had a good season. He's had a very good season. And there's so yeah. many there's so yeah. many games that he controls single-handedly. What I would also say is, though, uh, Manchester City are not reliant on this player in the way that some people think they are. They won a title practically without him. And in the period he was out this season, I think they won every game. So. He's Gundogan he, really stepped up in that period, didn't he, actually? I, I think, I mean, to be fair, De Bruyne, so my, my first two choices are, are also Gundogan and Fernandez. Yeah. Uh, Fernandez, we don't really need to go into too much detail. He's just been exceptional. Mm. Uh, De Bruyne is actually in my second choice pair. Yeah, uh, yeah sure, sure. As you mentioned, he, he has been very good. Amazing, uh, yeah. He's maybe not played as much as he should have. I think he's someone that can consolidate his place in the team if he plays every week from now until the end of the season and plays well. Uh, and then my other choice is someone that I don't think you'll have. Uh, I've stayed in Belgium and I've gone Yuri Tielemans. I do have Tielemans, actually. Um, you really? I do, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tielemans has, for me, been the glue that's held Leicester City together. Uh, less glamorous than Madison, who's had wonderful patches of form, probably hit an all-time low this weekend. In terms of, <laughs> of off-the-field matters, that's a different story. Madison's had periods of form brilliant. Vargas had periods of form very, very good. Ian Acho recently outstanding. Ian Acho, yeah. Yeah, but Tielemans, just for the the glue that he puts, you know, it sort of gels everything together really nicely. And he's had a really, you know, solid campaign. Um, yeah. And you we know. mentioned before about Rice playing for a bigger club. I think Tielemans is someone that could play for any team in the world. I mean, obviously, really he well, might not yeah. get into starting level for some teams, but I think he's someone that has the the capabilities of playing for any club. He's a phenomenal technician. He's just such a wonderful player to watch. Uh, so yeah, I'm quite surprised actually that yeah. we've both gone for him because yeah. he's not really the the obvious pick, is he? No, I suppose not. I thought I was being quite left field. Um, but yeah, no, I looked at, to be honest with you, I looked at Leicester and their position this season. They've had a really good season. Let's hope they can carry on. Regardless, they've still had a very strong season competing in Europe. And you look at the players that that have done well for them, and a lot have had individual moments where they've done really well in certain patches of the season. Less of those people have had a full season where they've done it, particularly Madison, Vardy, like I said, yeah. Nacho, Harvey Barnes. But, yeah, I think Tielemans, and obviously, as I said before, Fafan seems to have, have lasted the course and proving himself to be really good this season as well. So, yeah, Tielemans reads the game really well, passes the ball really well, you know, intercepts the ball well as well, and and, and, and just a few goals in as well. Fantastic. Yeah. 
Any other names that you were thinking? I mean, there's one that stands out to me. It's Mason Mount, who I think has been excellent. Well, 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 well. I might you have... argue. You could argue you could put him in the front three, which exactly. I assume is yes. what you've done. Might have done. Uh, might have I done. think I would push him more into my, my midfield and he's not made my front three. A uh, little spoiler yeah. there. I mean, my one of my left wingers could also be in, in, as a number eight. Uh, so, <laughs> so by that comparison, I thought my right winger could also be a number eight as well, given he has played there for Chelsea and he's played right. there for for <laughs> England. Other names I was thinking of. I'll be honest, no. I think the hardest bit for me in that six was picking the three um, that I would start, and then my backup three. After that, I'm pretty. You know, there's going to be some names that have obviously done really well, but non-strike out to me is obvious. So I've gone with yeah, that. There's not been any. Many other exceptional performers, has there? No, not really. Not really. Anyway, moving on to the, the forward line. I think after this, I'll also time. I'll also move on really to coach of the season, manager of the season, and uh, possibly player yeah. and young player, which which seems appropriate. Yeah. Forwards, okay, right wing. I think it's quite obvious. Before I go to Mount, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so Mount is second choice. Salah is first. Uh, Salah for me has been. A figure of consistency for Liverpool now. He's not had the best 2021, but he's starting to find his goals again. He's still in the race for the goals and boot. Um, he's saved Liverpool in many ways on a number of occasions this season. When you consider how poor Sadio Mane's goal returns have been, it just shows how important Mo Salah's uh, returns have been on the other side. And you can argue Jota's come in and he's delivered. But uh, again, in, in small patches, because he's been injured from periods and obviously didn't walk straight into the team at the start of the season, uh, and they needed a Mo Salah hat-trick to beat Leeds at the start of the season on the very first day. And really, yeah. since then, I don't think it's been Salah's best season. I think he's had periods where he's been off form and he hasn't really been involved in the games. But considering what's happened to Liverpool this season with all their injuries and everything... Um, you know, his goal return has been exceptional again, and he, he should probably yeah, surpass twenty he's been goals. The man that they've been able to look to, hasn't he? When, when yeah. the when the when they're looking down and out of it, he's been the man that's consistently scored some goals when they needed them. Yeah. So yeah, he he's also begrudgingly my first choice. Uh, my second choice, I've gone with Rafinha from Leeds. I think he's been perhaps signing of the season. I think it's between him and Emi Martinez. Mm. I think. He's just such a wonderful player to watch. And I, I get similarly to Martinez, actually. I think the way that Leeds play really benefits him. I think it shows off his capabilities more. And yeah. I just think he's Leeds' best player going forwards. He's so electric. And I think he's another player that's capable of playing for a bigger club. And, and any of Europe's elite might be looking at him because he's also quite young. Yeah, good, good argument. I, I forgot about Rafinha, to be honest. I also think... There was a few. There was actually a few names here because I've gone with Mount because I think he was one of the players that was probably even in Frank Lampard's worst period. He was always getting a six and a half out of ten, you know, and that was you know yeah. some were dropping yeah, five and Mount's four. A fantastic player. He's, he, he is a fantastic player. I, I, as I say, I would have put him into my midfield. I just couldn't find a space for him. The Chelsea statistics. <laughs> the Chelsea statistics. The statistics of Chelsea are quite. Skewed, I think, because they've been ridiculous since Tuchel's come in. We got to remember they were quite average before Tuchel came in, and you're judging it um, over a season. Tuchel's very prone to rotation as well, which yeah. <laughs> doesn't help their players for for this specific argument either. So I, I yeah. think that's one thing that's gone against them. 
Yeah, I don't want to delve into specific arguments because that word is a very difficult one for me to get across right now. Um, <laughs> did all right. Did no, all I didn't right. do too bad. Um, Mount, yeah, he's been Chelsea's player of the season. This was really hard. I was actually torn between Mount and Bernardo Silva, who has Instagram, he pushed himself into yeah. Pep Guardiola's um, main 11 for the majority of games this season. He's, he's, he's turned up in a way that he did in the 18-19 season. Maybe not quite as good as actually. I think he was probably player of the season then, actually. But he has been... Much improved on last season, let's say that. Um, I've gone with Mount because I think he's actually been almost integral to a lot of things Chelsea have done, and almost undeniable. You can't deny him a place. He didn't feature in Thomas Tuchel's first game, and it, but rarely is he dropped now. He's very, very important. Always gives 100% in terms of his work ethic, even if he's not contributing with his end product, which has sometimes been a bit hit and miss. His attitude is fantastic, and... He's, yeah. he, he, you know, he's a, he's a main man for Tuchel at the moment. Um, so, yeah, also Bukaya Saka as well. Uh, really good season for Arsenal. Um, one of their standout players, despite only being a young young youngster. Um, again, one of the first names on Arteta's team sheet. I know Arsenal fans that wax lyrically about him and say he's their player of the season by some distance. And that's probably, like you say, because of Tina's injuries and because of other people that have not necessarily played the, yeah. the, the full majority. But he's done really well as well, and he'll be unlucky for him yeah, to start no, on an England spot. Great, yeah. He's someone I think who will get nominated for the Young Player of the Season as well. Sure, yeah, I imagine so. Um, left wing, easy to, easy to. I mean, this was so straightforward. The ordering, probably. Yeah, I, I mean, ew, uh, the ordering. So Grealish, I put as first, but this was quite hard because. You've got to bet. You know, he's been injured for a sizable amount of time now, but yeah, but until that injury has started the majority of games and what I look at is players who are not necessarily helped by setups or made to look better by setups I think Grealish is perfect because as soon as Grealish has been injured Villa's um, performances have drastically fallen off a cliff uh, the point uh, particularly is their attacking underlying numbers have absolutely dropped off yeah um, and he's you know, you'd look at the game, you know, I think it was two goals and three assists against Liverpool right at the start of the season yeah. where it was phenomenal. Um, he, a stunning game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he stepped up on in so many <laughs> games, hasn't he? He played well again. Old Trafford, he was excellent when, when Villa lost 2-1 to United. Um, yeah. He performed really well at the Emirates as well uh, when, when the, uh, Villa went to Arsenal and won 3-0. Um, there's not been a... You know, even against Man City, he put one or two really good passes in that could have resulted in goals yeah, at the Etihad. He's such a great player. I, yeah, he's also my first choice, what it's worth. I, I think the one worry with Grealish is the injury right now. I th- yeah. I'm concerned that he might be out until the end of the season. And if he is, then I, I think there's an argument that he's no longer part of the team of the season. It'd be a team of the half season in that case. Well, uh, although he has been exceptional up to that up to this point, I just think... My second choice could pinch the, that that spot from him, who is Hyungmin Son, mm. who's got more. I hope, more he goal reco- I hope he recovers from his eye injury yesterday. Oh, of course, yeah, from from Scotty Mark. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think Son's been very, very good. As you kind of alluded to, I think he's been he's benefited from another man's exceptional season, yeah. uh, Harry Kane. Yeah, uh, uh, but. In his own right, Son's put up the numbers that yeah. he's never put up before. He's got more goal involvements than he's ever had before. He's broken broken his record from last season, actually. Uh, and he's a, he's a real Mourinho player. And yeah, he is. 
Is there really like, anyone player, Jordan? There isn't he. If he was at Manchester City, I suppose so, yeah. If he was at Man City, he'd be straight at, at left wing for Man City. He kind of actually reminds me of, of, and it's a weird one, of Angel Di Maria when he was at Real Madrid, where he's almost kind of the, the perfect supporting cast for any club because he's just such an exceptional player. He's just not the main man. But Di Maria, what, Di Maria to be fair, I find that com- I find that comparison a bit strange because Di Maria was never a 15-20 goal a season winger at all. No, but more... in terms of the, the best of the supporting cast, and I think in that season under Carlo Ancelotti, when he was playing as a centre-mid, I think it was absolutely world-class. Yeah, I think he'd get, he'd, get in, he'd get it in any Premier League 11 at left wing. He would. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that. The other reason Grealish, because Grealish can go as an number eight or a ten. In that. In so would he start over? Oh, it's not a, not a great time to say this, yeah, but God. over Sterling. Yeah, of course. When he's at his best for Pep Guardiola. Well, right now, yes, he would. I'm saying. I'm saying right now. I don't. I don't think that Chungmin Son is as good technically in terms of he, Son isn't a man that's going to beat his man. He's not a one v one player. He's uh, someone that's going to get in behind and finish. He, he, Whereas Sterling, someone that's going to beat his man one v one, maybe win a penalty, you never know. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't think he fits that system perfectly. Nice one, Son's crying. Anyway, um, <laughs> on to the attack. I think the attack picks itself. Yeah, Harry Kane, phenomenal season. One of the okay. few, actually, I suppose you could argue Son as well that have benefited actually maybe from Jose Mourinho's management because. 100%. Kane's been incredible this season. He's gone from a, a predatory goal scorer who gets over 20 goals to a predator goal scorer who's also a magician in, in terms of assists and, and, and yeah. build-up um, contributions. Yeah. He's comfortably going to break the 30-goal uh, the uh, goal involvement, at least. He's, yeah. he's both double figures for both already. He's yeah. just such a world-class player. And I, it's going to be a shame for him and for Spurs if they don't get top four, because I think that is when he might be knocking on the door. You know, it's, fun, it's funny, we didn't mention Bruno Fernandes last time, and it's basically the same thing as Kane. This is why it's going to be quite boring for both of them, because Fernandes picks himself just as a, you know, yeah. numbers. No, I briefly mentioned, because you don't really need to, no. to go into Same with Kane, Bruno. really, isn't it? You yeah. don't really need to. Um, you just know. been exceptional, both of them. Uh, yeah, the the, the goal, goal numbers for both. Picks themselves, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, backup attack, difficult, because I think there's been so many underwhelming striker performances this season. Now, yeah, I think you, there's two. There's two that I was tied between. Yeah, I've gone for Bamford. Um, so Bamford coming into the Premier League first full season and consistently delivered across the season. He's missed quite a lot of chances. Yeah, but he's scored some brilliant goals in that Leeds team. Uh, and this is a guy who everyone said couldn't do it when Rodrigo came in. They said, "Oh, he'll be backup striker now." You can't have Bamford as your main striker. You know, he misses the most. I think he had the most. Um, Missed the most clear chances in the championship last season. He's also up there in the Premier League, but that doesn't deter him from finding that. Got 14 goals this season. Um, yeah. he's, he's proved the doubt was wrong, hasn't he? And he's not, it's, it's more than just the goals. His link-up play is outstanding. His movement's really, yeah. really good. Um, and, and, and what I think here is it's been consistently delivered across the board consistently um, so it's not necessarily smashing all the goals at the start of the season yeah it's not like it's my choice here it's not like you know exactly who I've picked it's not like (laughs) it smashed all the goals in the first couple of months and listen for England I picked Calvert-Lewin in the England squad because I think he's proven himself enough 
that he can play for his country and he's got all the attributes, I think, actually, to even make a move beyond Everton at some point. The jury's still out a bit for Bamford. The jury's still out for Bamford, though, because, of course, I think he's getting a lot of chances in that Leeds team. And I think I think there's a little there's a few more strings to Calvert Lewin's bow. I think Calvert Lewin is the better player. However, yeah. over the course of this season, in terms of proving the doubters wrong and doing what he has done, I'm going with Bamford. Yeah, so Bamford's my third choice with, with Calvert Lewin, my second choice. I just think that Calvert Lewin's goals, his influence on the Everton team has been absolutely enormous. And mm. you, you make the, the fair point that his goals have dried up a little bit, but that's also come in tandem with with massive injuries across the Everton team with mm. an injury crisis at times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Been out for two months, who's one of our main creators. Yeah. James Rodriguez yeah. out every five minutes. He can only play for 60 minutes a match and yeah. he's one of the best creators in the league. There is an argument against Calvert-Lewin, but I, yeah, I, I, he's my second choice. And he also has the uh, the highest goal, non-penalty goals per minute in the Premier League, even higher than Kane. So I think that's one of the, the uh, another reason for him to be over Bamford for me. Yep, OK. Coach of the year. I mean, it's hard, really. It's the boring pick, but it's hard to look beyond Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Because I think he's just been absolutely exceptional. City have been almost perfect. Not quite perfect, but almost perfect in so many matches. They're going to win a trophy. They could, they're very likely to win a double. They could win a treble. And if they're lucky, they could get a quadruple. Still on the table, isn't it? Which says it all. That says it all. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, other names... David Moyes. Yeltsin. David Moyes. David Moyes. Yeah, yeah, of course. I forgot about Moyes. He's David Moyes gets yeah. top four. That, that's such a massive overperformance, isn't it, with that squad? Yeah. To be honest, I remember Bruno Fernandes got into last year's team of the season. Thomas Tuchel, if that's the case, given what he's done since he's come in, you know, yeah. with what would tell well, And you say that, Jesse Lingard. Yeah. Nah. It was team of the half season. He'd be I right don't, up. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I didn't think Fernandez should have got team of the season last season. I, no, I, I, I it just doesn't that, make I'm any sure. sense. It's a season, not a half. Thank you. Yeah, she's not a half season. I go Guardiola too, with Moyes just behind, and uh, probably I'm going to say Brendan Rodgers third for how he's managed Europe and his yeah. league season. But how he finishes that's going to be interesting. I actually didn't think. I thought they collapsed a bit with Europe, and they haven't. So they've had a really good season regardless, especially with all yeah. the injuries. But in the position they're in now, it's just like last season. They have to see it out, really, given where they are now. Yeah. Otherwise, um, inquest. Next bit then, uh, player of the season, briefly. Uh, I think uh, I would, yeah, Harry Kane. I'd probably go Ruben Diaz just for the fact of what he's done for Man City's defence. It's been excellent. Um, and he, I think yeah, he's pushed my second choice. Push them on. I think I Kane's numbers speak for themselves. He's been absolutely phenomenal. I go okay, but if they finish seventh or sixth, you know, it just seems a bit like it. Well, what's yeah. it all been for? You know, player of the season yeah. should be, you know, meaning something. Yeah. Uh, Although I think consistently, player of the season doesn't go to the uh, the team that's that's won the league. You should at least when City, at least when City win the league. That's true. Actually, people have made arguments about that uh, being biased before. Um, generally, City fans, City City fans. I <laughs> know, oh, I've got to stop exactly. saying Manchester. Exactly. Uh, Manchester C. Um, player of the season, young player of the season, briefly. That's a quite a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's quite difficult. I mean, we mentioned Wesley for far, but I'm not sure he's played enough. Well, he's, in, he's in my team of the season, so I think, I think he has. Yeah, well, uh, he's, he's in my, my second choice team, and yeah. he'll probably play every game in the running. Phil Foden, again, not played as many games, but when he has played, he's been so, so good to watch. Yeah, I go for, for Farner. He's, he, one, he's young. 
Two, he's in my first 11 for the team. Uh, three, he's um, adapted so well to life uh, in, a, in a foreign country, life in a different league. Um, and he's not been deterred by Leicester's, uh, all the injuries around him, all the chaos around him. Yeah. He's just stayed true. Uh, to its to his confidence and uh, yeah, I'll go for Farner uh, with with Foden as a close backup. I think and because then Declan Rice as well. Oh yeah, sure, Rice as well. Yeah, as well. that's yeah, true. That's true. Other other nominations maybe because it could be Rice actually. Now you said that it could be Rice. I do think it's more. Rice. If he's... they get top four, then I think that uh, I'm going to go Rice. I'm putting Rice. I'm putting Rice. Yeah. I think yeah. I he's also he... played more games. I think it's a bit deceptive how old Rice is in that he's young. How young he is. Yeah. Because it does feel like he's yeah. been around for a while, doesn't it? Yeah, but yeah no, it does. I think anyway. he still qualifies. No, that's fair I, mean, I think Sterling qualified until he was 24, so... Yeah, no, fair. Yeah. No, I'll go, yeah. And then you can make Mount as well, the case for Mason Mount as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's quite a few, actually. Before for Farner, I'd probably go for Rice, actually. It, it, now I've thought about it. Now you said I, it. Yeah, I think Rice. Rice for me as well. Yeah, I'll go for that. On to the uh, European Roundup and Champions League Roundup and so on now. Big game, actually. Um at the weekend in, in La Liga, which is one of the two leagues really we look at uh, in terms of competitivity because Inter won again and they're just Australian area. Although I did love the Conte celebration in that game. Um, celebrate their winning goal. Come on to that in a second. El Clasico, La Liga, Real Madrid versus Barcelona. 2-1 to Real Madrid. Very, very tight title race there because Atletico dropped points again. Uh, but really big win for Real Madrid and it's the second one in a week. They might make it three in a week. They win at Anfield. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that is that credit to Dan? Is that credit the um, the experienced players that he's fielding? Is it a bit of both? Yes, yeah, I think it's a bit of both. To be honest, I think see Dan almost goes under the radar as as the the level of manager that he is. He doesn't really get the the recognition that he deserves. I mean, he's someone that's won three three Champions Leagues on the on the back on the spin, and people still maybe don't rate him in that same category as a as a Klopp as a Guardiola. Yeah, he really should be. Uh, yeah, it, it was a great win. Particularly that Benzema goal, little flick at the front post, really top got top quality goal. And I think Benzema is somebody that this season has really stepped up to the plate. Mm-hmm. And Tony Crows, he was excellent at Anfield as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, Modric, Casemiro. I mean, that such experience in that midfield. And you say, well, you need some young legs in there. They have got Valverde, who's played quite a lot as well. But those three, when you've got those three in midfield, Casemiro, Crows, Modric, obviously Modric and Crows getting on a bit now, but there's such quality there. Um, and obviously, I think in most cases, quality shines through, I suppose, until the legs stop working. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, your friend, Ronald Koeman, he was on such a good run, but he didn't quite um, get one on El Clasico, but it was quite a tough game and they are still very much in the running for in terms of the La Liga title race. Um, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, it's going to be disappointing because a win would have taken the top of La Liga given how Atletico lost. But they still could, theoretically, if they keep the momentum going that they've been building up until this El Clasico point. There's no reason why they can't claim a title against all the odds. Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually really turned into a great title race, hasn't really it? Really title race. It's almost surprising in a way that I think the the least likely to win it are the team that's currently top in Atletico Madrid. I just think that the way their form's going at the minute, I just think that both Real Madrid and Barcelona are more likely. As much as I hate to see Ronald Koeman doing well. We talked a little bit about it uh, last week, I suppose, with uh, Henry at the One United pod. He wasn't too keen on um, 
on Simeone's um, style of play or, style, or tactics that served him so well over the years. It feels like it's been a bit of a regression in this second half of the season. I mean, to be fair, they were doing very, very well at the start of the season where they were they were grinding out victories. They were playing a three-at-the-back system that was doing well. The trip was a wing-back. They went to three-at-the-back again uh, this weekend, actually. But I guess they couldn't get the result that they necessarily wanted. Um, it's just one of those. 1-1 one, one with Real Betis. Real Betis with more of the possession. Real Betis with more of the shots. It's one of those, isn't it? I mean... Are they now with the momentum? Real best for more of the shots. Sorry, I'd like to go on more of the shots. But um, are they now in a position where I suppose it's been such a drop off since Christmas that with the momentum with the other guys and you know Real Madrid's got that experience, Barcelona's got Messi, and Dembele is now thriving in a bit more of a false nine role, if you will. Yeah, playing through the middle, isn't he? Been really great. Then I suppose the, the stagnant tactics are going to come a cropper. Yeah, it's it's quite sad to see, really, because I mean, there was a point where we were both suggesting that they were they were, well, they were running away with it, but we were, yep. we were all suggesting that they were they were going to win the league and yep. that the other teams were going to focus on the Champions League, and yeah. now they've ended up in this position where they're at the Champions League, and I mean, they, they are still top, so they've obviously got a, a big chance. But yeah, I agree, the momentum's just not with them. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Um, it's looking like they are top, but it's looking like that might slip. Whether one of the other two Catalan giants can capitalise will remain to be seen. It's also worth noting as well, Lille won again this weekend, which means Lille are still top of league earn, carrying the can. Yeah, carrying the can for the underdogs in a French league that's been almost controlled by a tyrant, a, a, a huge financial grabbing tyrant. And yeah, this, this is the one I want. I want Lille so badly to win league earn. Doing it for the underdogs, that's what we want to see. They, you know, they have to go away to Lyon, I think, in a couple of weeks. And I think that that is going to be such a massive game for the title race. Well, it is uh, because yeah. it's, a, it's a bit of a four horse because you've got Lyon on 69, PSG on 66, Monaco on 65, and Lyon on 64. Yeah. Five points yeah. separating the top four, which is very, very, you know, it's great for the competitivity of the French League. You've got Monaco, who's got a great setup there as well, just waiting to pounce if one of the other two, you know, yeah. crumble. Great stuff. But like you say, I mean, Leon theoretically, would, again, we talked about this last week, Leon's setup and Monaco's setup better than that of Leon. Never mind PSG yeah. being better. So it just shows oh, what a I'd wonderful job they're doing. Win. I'd love them to win it, Leon. I think, yeah, they've just been exceptional. I think Leon also have to play Monaco. So it's a really exciting set of fixtures up, up for grabs in these last six. Mm. No, absolutely. Absolutely is. Um, I mean, again, Bundesliga seems done and done. Bayern just sort of getting the job done slowly but surely. It's not been, I, I, I don't know, I, hesit, I hesitate to say it's, it, it's done and done, but it kind of is. I mean, they got a 1-1 with Union Berlin this weekend. But again, in the grand scheme of things, I know Leipzig won 4-1 as well against Werder Bremen, but they're still five points ahead. Uh, we'd expect Leipzig to probably drop points again. Bayern are quite relentless when it comes to league form, even though they've lost three times. I guess the big story in the Bundesliga now is whether Dortmund can make up the seven-point gap between themselves and Frankfurt because Frankfurt yeah. won again. And that'll have such a massive influence on the transfer market as well, I suspect, and the transfer merry-go-round. I think that all eyes will be on, on Dortmund rather than a title race in, in the Bundesliga. Mm, you would think so. Uh, and then in Italy, like I said, I touch on it uh, again. I, I think Juventus are closing in, I think, on, on a... Fl- 
on a slightly stagnating Milan side, so they will probably end up getting second. They've got, you know, they've got Cristiano Ronaldo. They've got Pirlo's probably learning week by week, um, and they've got a lot of exciting young players. And they got another win uh, this weekend. So you would imagine uh, that they can close that gap. But as I sort of insinuated, it has been Inter's year. They, after going out of Europe, yeah. they took advantage. Uh, Dalmian with the late winner against Cagliari. Yeah, Another former United player roll, rolling back the years for for Inter. <laughs> yeah, and 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 Conte, Don Conte, my one of my favourite managers. Yeah. Oh, I love him as well. I think he's excellent. Well, when that goal went in, running over to celebrate with his players, jumping into the jumping on top of some of the players, madman, leaving his technical area before being asked to go back. I think, yeah, you just love it. Uh, love the passion of the man. Uh, love that. He's going to get Inter's first title in, in, in over 10 years. I think it's just, it's great stuff. And um, yeah, I, I hope, uh, I wish him a, a successful career because um, he had a bit of a rough time towards the end uh, with Chelsea, Chelsea tenure. Yeah. And um, I suppose he's quite a, an emotional man. So I suppose he gets himself into certain situations. But I'm very happy with uh, the Inter may win. And also uh, a guy who used to do a podcast with. Um, where or transfer new central podcast actually a long time ago uh from china he uh ex ex colleague of ours is a massive inter milan fan as well so again it will be lovely to see andre blow him and his team do wonderfully well for his sake anyway yeah that sort of rounds it off to an extent champions league we're sort of in europa league we're sort of looking at it now again i'm trying to think ahead because the, these conversations become outdated as soon as the, the games have gone in. From last week, I actually watched the two games that weren't on the main channel from the English channel. Um, so for just for clarity, that the two main games were the Liverpool game against Real Madrid and the um, Chelsea game against Porto. I actually watched the other two, um, which probably ended up being the two better games, actually, to be honest with yeah. you. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I watched Real Madrid dispose of Liverpool, although... Obviously, going back to Anfield is always going to be a difficult task, particularly in the Champions League. Mm. Their home form will be a worry for them, but I think they've got a chance. I'm hoping that Real Madrid can can pull it through. I think the the, the really entertaining game this week will be PSG versus Bayern Munich. Yeah, because Bayern Munich absolutely dominated, but some defensive frailties just <laughs> left them open at the back, and PSG really capitalised. Very well. Neymar, phenomenal. Well, you see, thinking ahead, Manchester Manchester City are trying to obviously they they play the winner of Bayern and um, and PSG, and obviously they still have to get past Dortmund, who I think put in one of the best performances of the season at the Etihad. They were also robbed of a goal. They were. It was shocking. Yeah, that was awful. uh, The Bellingham one. But if they do get past um, Dortmund, which again is no easy feat. I think it's tough. If PSG face them, I actually think they might struggle because one, they're going to have to break down a PSG team and be clinical with the chances and sometimes they lack that clinical edge a little bit for all their brilliance. And two, on the counter-attack, as Bayern found out, Neymar and Mbappe are as good as it gets and it's really quite a scary prospect to be facing that. I don't care how good City's defence is, it doesn't get harder, I think, in terms of a counter-attacking threat than than, than Mbappe and Neymar. So on on the flip side, they play Bayern Munich, one hell of a game of football, but you'd imagine Lewandowski's going to be back fit, and that's an experienced force freak of nature, I suppose. Yeah. So I City's mean, I think just got a hard job either way. 
had Lewandowski played in that first leg, I think that Bayern Munich might have won because they were quite wasteful in front of goal. I mean, I know they're expected goals with 4.5 or something. Yeah. So it says it all, really, when you've got yeah. cheap emoting up front. It does. Uh, the last thing to mention on Real Madrid, actually, is that I think they are without a right-back and it's going to be an issue <laughs> Yeah, against yeah. either Jota or Mane. I, I, I'm not sure who will fill in at right-back, yeah. whether it's going to be Nacho, but I don't think Varane or, or Ramos will be back either. So it could be an interesting position. It could be, yeah. I mean, that's that's still quite a tough one to call, but both teams have played with injuries, so it's it's a battle of the, who's got the fittest squad left, I suppose. It'll be interesting to see who goes through at that. Again, that seems to be the easier side of the draw because then it'll probably be Chelsea who they face with Chelsea two up against Porto. So, wouldn't we? Yeah. Uh, slightly easier clash between two slightly lesser good teams. You'd imagine the winner comes from the other side of the draw, uh, whether that be City, Dortmund, PSG or Bayern, because they seem to be... I, I just count Dortmund for that probably, but the other three, you could argue, look like winners. And then on the other side, you look like they don't look like winners. They will always be the underdog, I think, whoever goes through out of those. I even. Agree. Even even Real Madrid to a point because they've just not been as good as they were and they don't have the same calibre of players up top. They will still be, I would argue, the underdog to a PSG or a Bayern or a Man City. Yeah, that semi-final will almost be the final. And just briefly, actually, on the on the Europa League, it does look like because uh, I actually I actually two one down actually in their leg against Roma and I actually fancied Ajax um, in the Europa. Well, they League. they I think they they outplayed uh, Roma, but. We're just quite unlucky and quite wasteful with chances. That's what I mean, yeah. They they play some absolutely wonderful football, but again, I mean, there's a ruthlessness, I suppose, with some teams yeah. now in this be, I think that'll be a really great game, actually. Yeah. I think if Ajax go out, that's arguably one of the favourites for the competition out. Yeah. You know, uh, the style they play, wonderful style. I mean, they're unlucky to go out of the Champions League group as well. I think they played a brilliant game against Liverpool and, and, and you know, didn't uh, get the, necessarily the points they warranted from that, particularly at home. But I think if they do go out, it just, it just seems to be more and more likely that Man United are the team. I mean, player for player, they are the best team in the competition by a landslide. But competition football is a wonderful thing where not always the best players are the team that necessarily wins because it's one-off games, two-legged yeah. affairs. Uh, but you would think that it's a great opportunity for Solskjaer to win his first trophy. That rounds off our discussion of the team of the season and your European uh, fixtures. This will be on iTunes, Apple Pod. This will be on everything. I don't know why I'm telling you this. If you're listening, you know what it's on. Please do like, <laughs> please do subscribe, please do follow at 15 MoffPod. Um, it does get some tweets sometimes. I like to do polls. Jordan likes to do opinion tweets. Uh, I think, you know, everyone likes a poll. Uh, so if you like polls, you like good opinion. Particularly Lewandowski. Yes. Poor. Oh, sorry. Twitter polls. Uh, Twitter sorry. polls. Yeah, very poor. You want to do that? Follow us. Good content all the time. Good content. Audio content. Also follow Big Heads Media's website. They have so many good podcasts on there that are almost as good as this one, including yep. the Pints of Politics pod, which is another one that I do. Anyway, <laughs> join us next week for different discussion. It'll be away from Team of the Season. It might be even a bit European-focused because we'll know who's in the latter stages of this season's European tournaments. So it's all going to be exciting. Take care, stay safe. Tell us what your team of the seasons are at 15 off yeah. pod and comment on our polls, which will go up. Not Lewandowski's. <laughs>